Genesis chapter 3. I want to read verse 8 and then verse 9. Verse 8 and then verse 9. And you're hearing today in the great narrative description Adam and Eve. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Very important that we haven't read so much that we don't read clearly and carefully that they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Or where are you? 2 Corinthians chapter 11, turning to the New Testament, Paul's writing here to Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, as inspired by the Holy Ghost, this God-breathed word brings summary and pinpoints the problem. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Upon the foundation of these two texts and drawn from the well of the ninth verse of Genesis 3, I would preach on this thought. Where are you? Because I think that's God's question for our church this morning. As we enter into this family month with special emphasis in each of our Sunday nights and Wednesday nights over the course of this month, I believe God has so challenged me on the topic of prayer. And it is beginning with this question today, where are you? I'm asking you to pray with me all over this room right now that every man, every woman, come on, our kids are gone to class. We've got young adults and adults through this building right now. Would you, would you lift your hands? Would you lift your voice? Would you let God know where you are right now? Come on, not just physically, but where are you? Oh God, we love you. Oh God, we praise you. And we want you to know where we are. Help me to preach with wisdom and clarity. I'm asking for that in the name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. You may be seated here today. Again, if you are a visitor, thank you for being with us today. If you're a regular member, I want you to hear me. Thank you for being with us today. 
A lot of places you could be on this holiday weekend. I must be honest with you. There's no place like home and there's nowhere like the local church. And we thank God for that to our members of the body that are traveling. And so many have even told us they're watching online. We pray that you're strengthened and refreshed and safe. And we also pray you get home quickly. We love you and we hope that you have a wonderful time. According to Annalisa Morelli, in the article that she wrote, there's a place called Consano in Italy. You'll see an image of this, this place behind me. It was once known as Milan's Land of Toys. It sure doesn't look that way on that image, does it? It doesn't look like the land of toys. It was built in 1968 by a real estate tycoon developer who wanted to create an Italian Las Vegas with its grand hotel plaza, its eclectic buildings, its shows, a zoo, even that small sightseeing train. The, the town quickly became a busy destination. However, in 1976, a landslide destroyed the road that connected Consano to the nearest town, and it almost overnight became a ghost town. There was work to rebuild, but this is what it looks like. Dreams were shattered, hopes were lost. However, just a handful of years ago, a group of individuals found what they believed to be a great purpose for this once thriving city. This city that had so much hope. And it was here that they took what is an actual thing, the World Championship Hide and Seek Tournament. <laughs> it may shock you, but there is an actual appeal to make hide-and-seek an Olympic sport. I was highly offended when I read the wayward writings of one critic who wrote the words, since now golf is accepted, hide-and-seek might as well be. I no longer read his writings. As sad as it is, I take you back to my title slide when I ask the question, where are you? Because this once beautiful, scenic, thriving city, as gorgeous as it once was for a brief period of time, it was in nowhere ability to compare to the beauty of the garden. This was created by the hands of a real estate tycoon who wanted to build a beautiful place here on earth that could draw men and women. But God had created with his own handiwork a garden named Eden and he was not looking for the hustling, bustling commerce to fill the garden, but rather he had one desire, it was communion. 
He wanted to commune with Adam and he wanted to commune with Eve. And while I find actual humor in the accounts of the documented story that I have just shared with you, I also find tragedy in the tears of its truth as I recognize long before this Italian city, there was a garden where hide and seek showed up. It was never the will of God, but it played out on the pages of eternal and holy writ that we would read and we would see that God comes looking for Adam and Eve. And we are able to understand, it seems this to have been the daily occurrence. Everyone say daily. It is the daily occurrence that God is coming to seek for Adam and to seek for Eve. He is coming to commune with them. He is looking for them. In fact, we know that the Bible says that it was from his voice that they they hid. They they heard him moving. The voice was moving in the cool of the day. Might I tell you that it would later be recorded by the writers as inspired by the Holy Ghost. The, the writer Jeremiah in the 29th chapter in the 13th verse said, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. In 2 Chronicles 15 and 2 it was penned and he, he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while ye be with him and if you seek him he will be found of you we are more familiar in our current context with Christ's language in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7 from that familiar portion of scripture of scripture that we have used from opening service through our prayer meetings and dovetailed through a majority of our preaching ask and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. But what we are watching in Genesis chapter 3 is the very thing that the enemy always knew from the onset of creation. If I can eliminate their communion with God, I can change the way they see him and I can change the way they see themselves. Please catch that. If I can do something to interrupt and intercept and twist and deceive, then I can change the way they view God. No longer will they see him as a loving God coming for communion, but they will see him as one ready to chastise. And no longer will they see themselves in the purity of God's creation, but rather they will see themselves through the frailty and through the lenses of failure, and in this case, nakedness by separation. Hear me today. The enemy's greatest tactic would be to get you to stop your communion with God. 
When I say communion, I'm not talking about an event at church where we take sacrament and we come together and we break his bread and we drink of his blood through the bread and through the juice. No, that's not what I'm, I'm talking about a daily desire for God to be able to walk into our homes and walk into our lives. And no, we might not be biting, hiding in the trees, but I'll tell you where we hide. We hide on the internet and we hide in our workflow and we hide... We hide in getting the kids to soccer practice and we hide, but we, we, we are busy. In fact, we are so busy. I felt the Lord challenge me in prayer to say to this congregation that it should never be said of an apostolic church that we lay the altar of our prayer upon the altar of our busyness. May it never be said about me that I'm a child of God, but I'm hit or miss when it comes to taking his calls. I'm a child of God, but when he comes calling, I'm so busy hiding because if he really could see what I've become, I would have to deal with the judgment or the ramification. First of all, I want to tell everybody in this house, he is not a God ready to punish you. He is a God that loves you, looking to commune with you. Elbow your neighbor and tell him the Lord loves you. And upon that foundation, I want to draw your attention back to Genesis chapter 3. And I'm asking you to consider the story with me for a moment. The Lord is, in fact, coming to commune with Adam and Eve. How many believe that? How many believe that the Lord is coming to converse with them? He's coming to spend time with them. It is an intentional effort of God. And in this moment, Adam and Eve have hid themselves. They have pulled themselves back. They have restricted their visibility. Because in the timing that it seems like they are hiding from talking to God, it's really only because they did not hide to talk to the devil. When the devil came around, they were not hiding and it so led to the place that when God came around, they would be. And it is the same today that if you give your ear to the enemy, you will soon take your ear from God. His great desire is to separate you from communion and from fellowship. And so it is here in Genesis, the third chapter. I'm turning your attention. Please return with me into the text. The serpent was more subtle, verse 1 says, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, Ye may eat, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. There was an addition there when she said, touch it. It's a dangerous thing when you add to God's word. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that you eat, then your eyes shall be opened. Ye shall be as God. Knowing good and evil. 
And what Eve is not willing to recognize in this moment that knowing good and evil was not a good thing. But was it so locked in the subtle behavior of the serpent that he could so easily and so quickly deceive this woman? She was already to a place where she was adding to the word of God. So maybe that gives us a hint. But he is able to deceive her. And when the woman saw, everyone say saw. When the woman saw, it's right after the enemy had just told her. Your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods. Please, I need you to catch the subtlety even in the narrative. The, the serpent had just told her that when you taste of it, when you taste of it, you will see things new. But we get a sneak peek here and we shouldn't read it so fast that we do not catch it. That she began to see differently just after conversing with the enemy. One conversation later, and she thought that it, it was different. Now it had a, a different appearance and a different viewpoint. And I, man, I feel it, so I'm going to mention it right now. I, I think it's why we've got to be so guarded with what we listen with what we listen to. I got into this on Wednesday night. Here I am again on Sunday. I'm going to take it as a prompting of the Holy Ghost. Be careful who is sputtering philosophy into your psyche. Be careful what podcast you are processing and digesting and putting into you. Be careful that that heathen that is because he is smooth of his speech is able to make you believe things that are Counter Christianity. If it is laced with antichrist principles, it should not be what you are consuming because he's funny or because she is moving in her speech or because she plays on your emotion or just because they went through divorce. Now they're the authority. Come on, they're the world's picture of manliness. So now they can tell you what masculinity looks like. I'm going to preach it since I'm the one preaching anyway right now. Just because they have the microphone does not make them right. If it is out of line with the word of God, I'm telling you, we better be careful because it will change the way we see what God it will twist, it will maneuver, it will manipulate. I want what this word says. I want what this truth tells me. I'm not looking for the subtlety of the enemy to be able to. You can find a Christian podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna say it, quote unquote, Christian podcast in five minutes with some goober that'll tell you fornication is fine and perversion is all right. You can find some podcast that'll speak to you about healthy, quote unquote, living that has nothing to do with the foundation of scripture and the timeless truth of the text. And every man and every woman in this room that is a true believer needs to have enough Holy Ghost tenacity to say, quit talking to me. You've got my destruction in mind. I know it's hard for you to see Eve, but you better know the only reason he's talking to you is because he's mad about his own consequence. Hear me right now. The devil hates you. The devil hates your family. The devil hates your marriage. The devil... 
Well, I'm single. He hates you. He doesn't want you to be happy. He doesn't want you to feel peace. He doesn't want you to feel joy. Come on, I want everybody in the back. I want you to preach with me right now. He wants your family ruined. But I'm here to tell you right now, the devil is a liar. And you can stand up. You can stand up to him and tell him not in my ears and not in my heart and not in my mind and not in our house. Come on, Adam. Come on, Adam. Come on, Adam. Come on, Eve. Come on, woman of God. He designed you for so much more than some stupid soap opera to shape. Man, I feel an old anointing on me this morning. I feel a... He designed you... To do more than sit in front of the idiot box for five hours. Come on, we're his people in his creation. Yeah, well, we're not in his paradise. Will you hear me? We can be in his presence. His presence is what makes it paradise. It wasn't the lushness of the fruit. It wasn't the beauty of the trees. It wasn't the glimmer of the grass. No, 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 no. It was that God was there and God walked with them and God talked with them. You can be in the middle of a bankruptcy and find peace in the present. You can be in the middle of an overwhelming trial and find peace in the presence of God. In my presence, there is fullness, fullness of joy. And at my right hand, pleasures. I want you to lift your hands all over this building. Somebody begin to thank him for his presence. In fact, I want everybody at the table, I want you to stand to your feet and lift your hands. <laughs> and I want you to tell God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Come on, stand to your feet and lift your hands and tell God, thank you. Thank you. I don't want to do anything else for a minute. I just want to thank God for his presence. I don't want to take your presence for granted. I don't want to hide in the trees. I also don't want to hide in a pew. I don't want to hide in my seat. I don't want to hide in my family. I don't want to hide in my cubicle. I don't want to hide on my construction. I don't want to hide. I don't want to hide. I don't want to hide. And in a world that is embracing coming out in a new way, we need to get out of our hiding. And we need to get back to communion with God. Somebody shout amen. amen. Maybe seated. Samuel Chadwick said the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies. He fears nothing from prayerless work. He fears nothing from prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks at our wisdom. But he trembles when we pray. Charles Hummel said, tyranny of the urgent is something we must consider. 
It is letting the urgent things crowd out what we view to be necessary. Lesser priorities seek to occupy the place God once held supreme in our lives and we are the poorer for it. Well, I'm so busy and you're too busy. I'm too busy for prayer then you're too busy. I'm too busy for time with God then you're too busy. I'm too busy for our family to come together and have devotion. Baby, if we're too busy for that, then we're too busy. I don't want to preach to this church what I don't want to live in our home. Well, it's out of date. It's over. Who cares? It's in the Word. Well, there's a million things to do. I know there are, but it ought to start with prayer and it ought to end with prayer. Our communion with God. Prayer has no substitute. Everyone say, no substitute. Prayer has no substitute. But altars are not generationally transitioned without new generations accepting them. I thank God for the prayers and the preaching that built this church. But with the hundred freshmen, Brother Gallion, that walked in this year, if they're going to have communion, they're going to have to build their own altar. My God. Husbands, we can't live on our wives' altars. And wives, you can't live on your husband's. And thank God for prayer. It makes a difference for our children. But if you really want to teach them something, teach them to pray. Teach them not to be hiding when God comes walking. Anybody feel what I'm feeling? Is it just me? I, I feel the Lord walking in this. I don't want to hide behind our instruments. Boy, they got good music, but not many miracles. You know what I want to be? I want to be the kind of church. What day was it? Tuesday this week? Taught a Bible study or Monday or Tuesday? Monday. Teaching a Bible study. Last Monday at the apartments. How many remember we just came out of having church over at CCS? Had baptisms result. They've already got people that are lined up to be baptized today. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you need to be baptized this very day. But on Monday, the Bible study was already over, but it bled over into another Bible study and it wasn't here in this church and it wasn't here at this altar. It was just in another Bible study where someone lifted their hands and was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. I'm gonna tell you right now, if that doesn't excite you, you are not walking with Him. But if that does something for your spirit, it's probably because you know we walk with him and we talk with him and we have communion. Oh, I'm looking for the person that the enemy's been trying to make you hide. It's time to get out of the trees and it's time to get out of the busyness and it's time to lead your family back to prayer. God, help us to love prayer. Would you lift your hands and say that with me right now to God? Help us to love prayer.
Please hear me, we can never substitute good church with prayerfulness. We can never think that having good church can actually occur without prayer. I thank God when people show up on Saturday to practice, but I want to make sure what you've practiced, you've baptized in prayer. There are men and women in this room. I could stand you up all over this room. My honor for you as a parent, whether as a couple or whether as a single parent. I know men and women across this room that work your fingers to the bone to provide for your children. I call your name before God. I've got a... Brother Mitchell, I got this, I don't know, I've got this new illustration God has overwhelmed me with in how I take the people from this church to God as a shepherd with these people in my hands. I'm just being trained. Is this okay? I'm just trying to take people and, and God will bring your faces and your family and your children and your situation and I try to bring them before God and bring this to the Lord and I know that some of you, you work so hard, you you tirelessly work. You give your effort and you give your energy and you do everything that you can. But I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, are we really being successful if we are not praying? Why would we think they would be staying if we are not praying? What is it that will find its lodging in the hearts and the minds of our children? I hope our children are awakened every now and then with the sounds of prayer and the Spirit of God moving upon us. I pray that the Spirit of God would so come upon us in our homes that intercession would flood through every corridor and every... What are you saying? I'm saying God is calling us to a deeper level of communion and conversation with Him. We see the first glimpse of prayer in Genesis chapter 3. And we don't often speak of it as prayer, but it is. It is communion between God and His creation. It is prayerfulness. And it actually starts this way. God comes looking for them. If we're not careful in our own ideology, in the, in, in the custom, our theology of prayer, if you will, we think that prayer starts with us seeking Him. He's already seeking you. Can I speak to our church and tell you so boldly? If you're not praying, He's missing His time with you. Pastor, you taught on structured prayer. You had everyone come up a handful of Wednesdays ago. Why are we talking about prayer again? I only did that for this. Because we knew in September we were going to talk about the family. We're going to focus on the family. And before you disqualify yourself because you don't have a family, you listen to me. Yes, you do. You belong in this church. And if you're a single, you belong in this family. You say, I don't have any biological children. You listen to me right now. There are younger men and women scattered through this building that you have the ability to influence for godliness. And here we are on the, on the launching pad of this September series and the focus of our family. I want to tell you right now, the devil's really not concerned if you're a millionaire. But the devil doesn't want me to be blessed. It has nothing to do with your finances. 
He is not concerned at all with what kind of car you drive, with what kind of home you live in or apartment or townhouse. He's not concerned with any of that. I've got news for you. I don't think he even cares if you have a husband or a wife. I don't think he's too concerned about whether you have children. What he is concerned about is whether or not the place you call home is a place where God walks. I know your TV plays, but does your God walk there? I know Spotify fills the room, but does his spirit? Boy, I'm just sifting in the vein here right now in the presence. How many believe God is, he's, he's standing at the hallway of our hearts and he's asking, where are you? Where are you? Lest we get to a place as a young adult that we're busy with our school and we're busy with our job and we're busy with our friendships and we're busy with every, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy and we're so busy that when he comes calling it would be an inconvenience to answer him. If prayer is an inconvenience, we need an evaluation of our true belief in God. But it was the enemy's, it was the enemy's goal. It was the enemy's goal to beguile, to beguile. It's not a word we use a lot, is it? If you're one of those you, people that uses the word beguile a lot, you're overreaching. <laughs> Here's what we need you to do. We need you to calm down. If you're a person that walks around talking in these and thus and beguile, your Shakespeare tryout is over. Let me tell you what he wants to do. He wants to distract you from your purpose. He wants to beset you from who you've been created to be. Well, I'm not like Adam. I'm not like Eve. I'm not. Yes, you are. You were designed with one purpose. So that when he comes seeking, you're not hiding. Even the terminology would be that he would call us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Why? Because born in sin, shapen in iniquity. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It is likened unto this a beautiful place in Italy or a gorgeous garden named Eden. A thing that has such supreme beauty but bring you to a place where it's nothing more than a joke and shambles of what it could be and what it should be. If you're praying less than five minutes a day, please hear pastor right now. You're hiding from the presence of God. If you're giving work eight hours, but not giving him eight minutes, you're hiding from the presence of God. If you bought your kids a $200 phone, but you have not taught them how to intercede, we're hiding. We're hiding but I've got good news for you. He's still seeking. He is still seeking. 
God is on the lookout. What I'm really looking for on this Sunday morning is someone to say, hey, I don't want to hide. I don't care if everybody else wants to hide. I don't want to hide. If you're looking for me, I'm looking for you. If you're looking for somebody who wants to serve you, God, I want you to, I'm looking for you. If you're looking for me, I'm, where's the mom that would say, if he's looking for a family's home to fill, come fill our house. Oh, I want every mom, I want every mom in the room to stand. Boy, I just got checked in the Holy Ghost. Stand, mom. Raise your hands up. He's making you irritated and you don't even know why. You hear me right now? It's attack of the enemy. I'm speaking to some moms in this room right now. You're frustrated and don't know why. It's not from God and it's not from people. It's a subtle attack of the enemy. You better hear me if you trust my voice at all. And if you don't, then find a pastor whose voice you will trust. If I sound bold right now, it's because I'm warring for your soul. I'm asking mamas to raise your hand right now before God and ask God, are you looking for me? And then help me understand, am I hiding from you or looking? Ooh. I feel need to, tra- I feel Zion travail in this room. Ha! <laughs> In the name of the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Come on, mama. Come on, woman of God. Every wife, not just moms, if you're a wife, I want you to stand. You don't need to have children. If you're a woman, you're a wife, I want you to stand right now. And I'm not, I'm not trying to single anybody out, but I got a word, man. Feel something from God in this moment right now. Ah. Come on, mama of prayer. Come on, you used to cry tears in the presence of God so easy, but it's been too long. There was a day you were not hardened in the presence of God. You, there was a day when you chopped your hair down. It's been too long. You grew up in camp meetings telling God you'd give him everything, but life has tried to harden you. Come on, woman of God. Come on, men, you ought to lift your hands and pray over these women right now, these wives, these keepers. Uh. Uh, no, 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 
come on, woman of God. Jesus' name. I need as many. Yeah. And yeah, 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 I feel war in this room. Don't, don't quiet your voice yet. I want every voice lifted. Brother Mata, I want you to pray. I want everybody to lift your voice and pray right now. It's travail in this room. No, 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 no. Some of you wives, I'm reaching for you. God's reaching for you right now. I'm trying my best to reach and give you a moment. Oh, God. Come on, mamas, lead us. Come on, wives, pray over us. Pray over your babies, pray over your family. I know, hear me right now, I know I'm asking a, a tall challenge. I know some people might not be comfortable with this. Not, I'm just I'm asking what I feel. If you're a wife or if you're a mother that's willing, this is not Mother's Day, this is not, but I need you. I need you if you're willing. I want you to step out of your pew. I want you to come to the front of this building. I feel great direction. I feel great direction and clarity in the Holy Ghost. I want you to press as far as you can. I knew God wanted to do something special. I just didn't realize exactly what God was trying to do. I feel like God's trying to strengthen some of the church mothers here today.
Some of the church wives, ladies, come forward. We're going to pray in a minute, but I want you to listen to me. I want to talk to you for a minute. Press all the way in. So many hundreds are trying to come. Sister Galleon, I believe with all my heart, there's a reason that that, that subtle enemy introed that conversation with that woman. The ability to be strong and vibrant, but Adam... Boy, Adam was going to be swayed if she was swayed. Adam's love for her. We'll talk to the women of this church right now. Please, please let me talk to you for a moment, moms and wives. The enemy is trying to distract you from your calling. Your calling is to communion with God. But the enemy wants to distract you. If the enemy can distract you, you hear me, I'm going to talk to my, if the enemy can distract you, I know he can distract me. Because you got my attention. When nothing in creation could get Adam's attention like that woman, he said, "Woo, man. <laughs> and if, so, if the enemy can get your attention, we know this, don't we? We pray this way if something can get your attention. I don't want anyone to be able to misquote or misunderstand what I'm speaking right now. But for some of the women in our church, he's trying to get you with, distracted with things that do not matter. He's trying to make you feel a different level of beauty for yourself by being distracted by things we don't even partake of. And they will not define who you are and what we are. Trying to get you so worried about so worried about things in this world that you're losing focus on the fact that pretty soon God's going to come seeking me. And I want to be, Sister Waltney, if we need anything, we need a revival of prayer in our homes where men and women, women, I'm talking to you. I hope you feel the humility and the brokenness of which I'm trying to talk to you right now. I hope... I hope this could never be said while he was speaking down. or You feel my heartbeat, please, right now. The, the enemy sought her first, and the enemy is coming after you for your home. He's coming after you for your home. And I know for some, you've had a husband that doesn't live for God, or you've got kids that are walked away. But you hear me right now, God is restored. Restoring you, trying to restore you as a powerful, vital prayer warrior in your home, in your home, in your relationship with God. I'm gonna ask men to come here in a moment, but with that in mind, I want every woman in this place, I want a fresh renewing of your mind. I want a fresh renewing of Come on, that prayer covenant that you made with God a long time ago. You've been so worried about your children. You're not even praying about anything else besides the kids. You've been so bothered by what happened with your husband. You can't hardly pray about anything else. I curse every distraction. I curse every hindrance. I curse every lie of the enemy. Men, I want you to stand your feet and stretch your hands towards these women right now. Single ladies, stand right now. Stretch your hands and begin to pray. Come on, somebody tell God if you're looking for me, I'm looking for you.
Come on, there's turmoil in the home. You gotta get back to prayer. We can't, we can't dress it out. Can't cover it up. Not on our own. Gotta have prayer. We gotta have communion. We've gotta. Come on, where are you? The Lord is calling. The Lord is calling. not conform to this world. Be transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. true they saw something they had never seen they saw good they saw evil it changed the way they saw themselves changed it and so they begin to grasp they begin to cover themselves they begin to try to find substitutes please hear me The enemy so subtly weaseled his way into their life that embarrassment gripped them. And so they tried to cover up in a way that would not be pleasing to God. Not going to find fulfillment in that. Adam. Adam, Eve, please understand infinite in his wisdom. He knew where they were, but we get a glimpse, our first glimpse of prayer when he says, where, where are you? 
I know where you are physically. Come out from there. Where are you mentally? Where are you emotionally? Where are you spiritually? Your physical is simply the illustration of what's going on in your heart and in your mind. They were hiding physically. They were hiding behind things that really could not give them joy. Maybe if we put the leaves on, we'll feel better. Maybe if we just do this. Maybe if we just do that, we'll feel better. We'll feel some new sense of self-worth. And at the end of the day, it would still only be God. Yeah, but didn't judgment occur? Yeah, but reconciliation did too. Because what the enemy has tried to defy, God can bring back together. God can restore. I don't know if he'll ever take me back, Pastor. You hear me? That's a lie from hell. He loves you. He'll take your temporary garment of leaves. He'll take your, your best laid plans. He'll take what you've tried. And he'll take and he will, he will pull from his creation that is below his most prominent creation. And he will shed blood. And he will cover you. I've got good news for you. He's already shed his blood. Your overwhelmed mind is a distraction from hearing Him. That depression you've been fighting is a distraction from hearing Him. Maybe if I hide in my car and don't go into my house, it can... Maybe if I put another 10 hours a week on the job and I, I stay busy in the paper... No, 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 no. Maybe if we have one more kid. Maybe, maybe if we do this. Maybe if we do... Maybe, maybe. There's no substitute. We're saying, here I am. He's been trying to separate us. Come on, Adam. At some point, the man had to say, we know his first response was Eve. This woman you gave me. And Eve's first response was that enemy. And there's cursing that's handed down. But you hear me right now. I'm not asking why you fell. I'm just asking if you're willing to say, God, here I am. Here I am. I want every person in this room. We don't have any more room in this altar, so I'm asking an altar to be made in every pew in this. Wives, I'm asking you to lead us. Moms, I'm asking you to lead us in prayer. But husbands, men of God, singles, I'm asking you to catch on right now all over this building. They're going to play. They're going to sing. We're going to baptize some people. He's calling us to be a people of prayer. Come on, lift your voice all over the house, would you? Make it out loud. Don't let it be quiet. The times call for us to pray with authority. The times are calling for us to pray with exuberance.